Well, good morning. Well, these past four weeks, we've been spending time in this series on Sabbath rest, on God's command and gift to Sabbath rest. And we began the first week by turning to Genesis 2 to see how God has created us to work, to reveal Him in the world. From Adam and Eve in the garden, working and caring for the garden, to the work throughout Scripture, to the work in our own lives, we were made to work with God. But right there in that incredible obligation, in that incredible calling, God stopped on the seventh day and He rested. And last week we saw that the Bible mentions Sabbath 172 times from beginning to end. And it's the call to Sabbath stop so that we remember that we need Him. We stop to remember that we are not God. But we need Him. He is in control. He is the one who holds everything together, not us. So you can stop. You need to stop to remember that we need the Lord. But now it's time for us to finish this picture of Sabbath rest. We're going to move on next week. Today we get to the really fun stuff. I mean, maybe it was fun before, but this is the really fun stuff. And there's so much more that could be said about Sabbath rest, and I would invite you, if you have questions or you have further thoughts, you want to talk about other places in Scripture, there's a lot more to be said. Come reach out to me. Maybe we can find a night to do it together. Um, or some of you have been partaking in Sunday school. I hope that that has covered, I know, it, I know it's covered a little bit more than what we've been able to do um, here during the worship service. But today we get to finish up this picture. And I think a very big question probably arose out of last week. So we, we sort of ended with stop. Like we need to stop. And I know I have a question that comes out of that, which is like, you know, what do we do in the stopping? Like what, what happens there? What does it mean to actually stop? I mean, other than sleep, how do you actually shut your mind down? How do you actually let go and fully come to a stop and rest? We Sabbath stop to let go of being in control. But what is it that that we, if anything, grabbing a hold of when we stop? And that's our question this morning. We're going to dig into a text to be able to dig into that a little bit more. But one of the challenges in answering this question is that of the 172 times that Sabbath is mentioned throughout the Bible, nearly every time, all that we really get to see is what you're not supposed to do. It's, all about, it's generally all about the prohibitions. And there's only a couple places, and our text is one of the few that sort of explicitly paints what can be embraced when we stop. And the picture that emerges from our text, and actually it kind of emerges from all the other prohibitions too, and it emerges from what Jesus says about the Sabbath in the New Testament. The picture that emerges, it, that reveals the answer to what we are supposed to do when we stop, it's... Well, it's exciting. It is downright delightful. Because what we do when we Sabbath stop is we delight in God's love for us. The prophet Isaiah says that the people of God are to call the Sabbath a delight. Now, delight's not a word that I use every day. It's kind of like an older word. You know, it's a word that just, it's not part of your common vernacular. 
But it's a word that I think captures the remembrance and the observance of the Sabbath well because it's talking about taking satisfaction, the fullness of joy. You know, I think about those moments of like most joy. I think back to, uh, what was it, four or five years ago now, um, the Patriots beating the Falcons. I'm with my brother, okay? We thought we lost 28 to 3, okay? It was, it was sadness. And my brother is probably about the biggest Patriots fan there is. And I, I mean... Seeing my brother smile is a rarity, but I remember at the end of that game, my brother literally leaped into the air. I, I caught him in the air, um, like fullness of joy. And that's ridiculous, right? Because it's a football game. But fullness of joy is what we're talking about in delight. The best picture that you could possibly have of the fullness of joy, that's what we're talking about this morning. And on this side of the cross, in light of Jesus, who rose again on Sunday, the first day, a good part of why we gather together for this, what we are here for today, for church, and some call this the Sabbath day, has been the result of the church trying to piece together what do we do when we stop? Trying to piece together what delighting in God should look like as we stop in Sabbath. Well, let's ask for a second. What actually happens when we gather together for church? We've done a couple things already this morning. And I'm going to pretty crassly, crudely break things down into a couple different um, sections. We gather together, you know, like today, and we fellowship. We remember His love for us. We do this in communion. We do this in our tithes and our offerings. Secondly, we worship We exalt God's name. And most churches do this through making music, singing songs. And thirdly, we receive the ministry of the Word. This is our conversation with God. This is through prayer. This is through opening His Word and reading His Word given to us. And it's through the spoken Word that is preached. And that all takes like an hour and a half or so, right? And don't hear me knocking worship at all. I'd put myself out of a job pretty quick. And this is actually exactly what we're supposed to do in our stopping. But we all know that, that the picture of delighting in God as we Sabbath stop is so much bigger than just an hour on a Sunday morning. Right? And perhaps there's actually bigger things even behind what we're doing when we gather together to worship that sort of come into view. Maybe there's something we can even learn as we ask What does what we do in church have to do with Sabbath delighting? And I hope that our commitment to delight in Jesus when we gather together to worship is actually maybe even renewed this morning. You know, that's what Mike said. That was his prayer. That we would delight in God this morning. I hope that that's one of the things we take away this morning. So what happens in the stopping? We stop to delight in God's love. And our text this morning comes from Psalm 92. You can find it on uh, page 481 in the Black Pew Bibles in front of you. And this psalm is the only psalm that explicitly says this is one to be used on the Sabbath. Page 481 in your Pew Bibles. That's why we're digging into it today. We'll also have it up here on the screen as well. Page 481, Psalm 92, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. 
a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Now before we dig in too much into our text, I want to share a quick story. Um, During our first Sunday school class on Sabbath rest, um, Suze asked a great question. She asked what people's first impressions, your first responses were to this word Sabbath. And I'm not going to name any names, but one person said this. They said, when I was a child, we set aside the Sabbath every week, and it was the day we looked forward to most. I loved it. I longed for what the day meant, and it truly felt different. Wow. Have you ever heard anyone say that before, (laughs) right? And this was their thought as a child. Doesn't that sound exciting? How do we get there? How do we get there? What does it look like to set aside our time to the Lord for Sabbath rest that we might delight in God? So let's take a little bit of a deeper look into um, Psalm 92. And how the psalmist draws people into this delight and celebration on the Sabbath. And the first thing we see this morning is that we delight when we remember. Look at verse 4. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. We delight when we remember all that God has done. The amazing works He has done on our behalf. All of our blessings. And to remember, I want, to, I want to break apart this word a little bit. Because it's one that we, we know what it's talking about, sort of like bringing things to mind, but there's actually a much deeper meaning to this word, to re- remember. If you break it apart, member, what is a member? A member is a part of a whole, a, something. It's something that is a part of a whole. So sort of to remember is to reform or to recognize that something is a part of a whole, to reform, put it back rightly into its right place to put something into the right perspective. And that's what we're trying to do. This is, this is what is, is, is brought forth in Psalm 92, to remember. Now, I have long annoyed um, many people with what others call being a very affirming eater. It's a problem I have when I have really good food. Okay, um, I'll let you know. I'll let the food know. I'll let God know, and the person sitting next to us as well. They will all know how much I love this food. And for me, it's it's duck. It's duck, okay? It could be roast duck. It could be duck confit. It could be grilled, fried. It could be reheated in the microwave. It doesn't matter. When I have duck, I am in heaven. I'm in heaven. And that's that's what we say. We say, I am in heaven right now. And of course, I'm not actually in heaven yet. Um, but there's something about the goodness and, and the beauty and the blessing of that duck that just makes me delight in God. 
That seems like a really funny way to put it, right? Like, or maybe even a little crass, a little crude. But over and over again, the image, the image of being in God's presence in Scripture is one of a feast. It's the wedding feast with God Almighty. And why? I think because there's something that we can all relate to. There's something that we can all understand about that image that allows us to know how good God is. When you sit around a really good meal, that wedding feast meal, it's just delightful. It allows us to understand how good our God is by the way he blesses us beyond how we could ever ask or imagine. So we delight when we remember God's blessings. When we Sabbath stop and reflect on and appreciate God's blessings. How do we do this? We do what the psalmist does and ask ourselves, how great are your works, God? And you have to recognize where God has blessed you and not just generally. Did you see it in the text? Verse 4, For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. He knows you. He knows the specific, unique way that He has made you. And yes, He has poured out His lavish love on all, but He's also poured out His love uniquely to you, personally. So we can delight in God when we stop and remember God, how you have loved me in a very unique way. How you have blessed me. How you have made me. And the gifts you give are... There's nothing I can do to really give back for it other than to thank Him. So when we talk about remembering God, delighting in Him, thank God out loud. Journal about it. Name to God how you see God's specific goodness and lavish love poured out for you in His blessings. And food can be the most basic of ways, but it's a great place to start, right? Because God did not have to make strawberry rhubarb pie taste so good. But yet He did. Amen, right? He did not have to make strawberry rhubarb taste so good, but He did. How about your family? Spending time with family. Sitting down with your father or mother appreciating their wisdom, hearing their stories. What a gift that is. You can remember, put back into the right place, the gift of sitting with those we love. Or how about your home or where you live? It's not just a money pit. It's not just a mortgage or a rent or a to-do list. It's a roof over your head when it is remembered and put into the right perspective. safety where has god blessed you and this is one of the reasons why the church when we gather together that we come to the offering table and bring our tithes and offerings they're a part of the sunday sabbath worship of jesus because it's a recognition of god's blessing thanking god for his provision that he's given us more than we need and then a responsive giving back to Him so that we remember God's gifts in our finances. And we put it into the right perspective before Him. That our lives are not our own. They belong to Jesus. It's putting our finances back into the right place. 
And when we remember and have that right perspective, oh, the joy that we have. Oh, the delight. And I hope you even maybe thought about that this morning as you brought forward your tithes and offerings. I love that we, that we invite the congregation to come forward, to actually step forward. There's, a, there's an opportunity to, to act in that. There's an opportunity to stop and think about what you're doing as you come forward. So the Sabbath is for delighting in God as we do this, as we remember His works and His blessings. But that's not all. Psalm 92 also stirs us into delight through recreation. We delight when we recreate. 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 That's a weird word, right? Recreate. Because it's also, when I look at this, I see recreate. Recreate, recreate. It's like there's two words in one. And that's actually called a heteronym. It's a word when you pronounce it differently. It's spelled the same, but pronounced differently. It has two totally different meanings. Think of the word combine, right? C-O-M-B-I-N-E. This word right here. This is both to combine, put things together, and a combine, which kind of takes things apart, actually. It's like totally different. But when you stop and think about the word recreate, Actually, it has a shared foundation. See, way, way back when, this word, the basis for what we have, like parks and recreation, you know, play, it comes from this original definition, to refresh by curing a person, like refreshment from illness. Oh, I love that. It's to refresh by making something whole again. And what does our text say about this? Verse 1, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. On the Sabbath, it is good to make music to the Lord. Two weeks back when we had the blizzard, um, I shared a little bit about this last week, but, but I relish in that and in, in what happened that morning because uh, my family, personally, we had this great opportunity to sort of do church together as a family. Um, and so, after, you know, with breakfast made, um, I pulled out my guitar and we decided to sing some songs as a family. It wasn't exactly um, on key, but it, it, was, it was great. And so, I, you know, I, I told Ella, I'd give, him, I'd give her a chorus, a part of the chorus that said, you know, how great is our God. You can sing that part as we, as we get there. And so we're singing songs even together as a family and we get to the, the chorus and Amelia's even dancing back and forth on the ground. So our, our one-year-old. So this is her, you know, dancing in response. <laughs> um, she just dances anytime anything's on. My alarm goes off my phone and she dances. Um, we read some scripture and we prayed together. And while we were singing, Ella said to Leah and me, she said, why, why do we sing in church? Oh, I love that question. This is a great question. Why do we sing? You stopped and thought about that for a second? Like, why do we sing? Some of us here might feel really uncomfortable singing in church. I know I did. I definitely did. Um, before I knew Jesus, I definitely felt very uncomfortable. I remember sitting in the sanctuary and looking around me and thinking, this is weird. What is everybody doing? We also didn't have great musicians like Mike and Katie. But, but I've shared this before. 
the moment that God got a hold of me and rescued me was in the midst of a worship song when I was at a youth group when I was 17 years old. And I remember in that moment having this feeling like, I got to respond in some way. And like, I just, I had, I had nothing to give except my voice. Nothing except the breath that was coming out of my lungs. Nothing except my really bad, terrible singing voice. It was not a beautiful noise that came out. But I remember feeling like I had to give it to God. What better way to respond to the perfect love of God? I was in such awe of Jesus in that moment that singing, making my whole being respond to Him in admiration and delight was the very least that I could do. Music and song is our recreative response that allows our whole being to physically show delight in God. We're putting the notes and the instruments and voices that God created and we're putting them together to form a song of imitation to Him. The psalmist says it's good to make music to God. And at the heart of this is to recreate, recreate, refresh by putting back together the gifts we have in such a way that imitates Him, that honors Him, that honors His creativity. Think of all the beauty that God has made. We live in a very beautiful place, even in the bleakness of winter. Think of the ocean's waves. Think of the beauty of an eye. The taste of chocolate. The laughter of a child. How great and wonderful is our Creator God. He is the one who creates and makes. I think about the silly things that we put together. Um, like my, my woodworking projects, Wow. Nothing ever comes together perfectly. But when we make, when we form things that God has ultimately created, we imitate Him and it draws us into delight of who He is as a Creator. There are those in this room that when they stop, they find their, their best delight, their truest delight in God by picking up a guitar or by grabbing a paintbrush and painting or by carving a piece of wood. This Sabbath is about stopping to remember that we have a God worth our delight. And we delight as we recreate, as we recreate, because it draws us into awe of God. Because as we imitate Him, we grow in awe of His creativity. But it's also because we get to make. We don't have to make on the Sabbath. Deuteronomy 5 bases the command to observe the Sabbath off of, um, it's off of freedom. And it's actually the same exact language as Exodus 20. It's the same thing repeated that we studied last week. But instead of the basis being that God created, the basis is because God has rescued us. We are to observe the Sabbath because you are a rescued people. You are no longer slaves. Slaves do not have the choice of whether or not they can rest or work. It is told to them. And so God says, you rest because you are free. 
how much more so for those who know the love of Jesus and the freedom from sin. We now get to. We have the choice to create as a means of delighting in Him. And this is the very reason why I chose this image for our, our Sabbath logo. And I know for probably some of us here, you're like, what? This may maybe been a distraction for the last three, four weeks. You look at this and you're like, does this mean I'm on the chopping block? Like, what's happening here? It's kind of a violent image, I know, sorry. Um, but this image captures this for me perfectly. Because as some of us see an axe in wood, you think work. But I love splitting wood. I love splitting wood. I love being able to split wood. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smell. I love stacking the wood. It's weird. I know. And this isn't true for everybody, and that's kind of the point. But for me, splitting wood is a way for me to recreate, to make, recreate. It allows me to delight in God. That smell as you're splitting wood. And it's just like, wow, God is good. What do you make that causes you to delight? Music, food, art. Sabbath delighting can look differently for each one of us because He has made us uniquely. And it can involve sometimes things that maybe even look like work to others. But if it draws you into the light in God and His love, well, that's exactly what the Sabbath is for. This is what Jesus ran into with the Pharisees. right? He was healing on the Sabbath and the Pharisees said, this is work that you were doing on the Sabbath. And Jesus' response was that He said, the Sabbath is God's gift to you and me. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And He said, the Son of Man, He was talking about Himself, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. So that which draws us into delight of God in our rest is exactly what the Sabbath was always intended for. So we gather to make music on Sundays. Because it's our way of trying to imitate God's creativity. It's our way of trying to imitate His making and to use the gifts that He has given us, the breath that He has made, and the creativity He has blessed us with to worship Him. But we make in other ways too. What do you make that draws you into the light of Jesus? And the third way our text draws us into the light is, as we Sabbath rest, is when we anticipate. We delight in God by remembering His love for us in the past, by recreating, recreating, and imitating God's goodness in the present, but we also delight in God on the Sabbath when we anticipate and expect that He will speak. Sabbath rest is a day to rehearse heaven, to listen attentively to God, anticipating and expecting that He's going to speak into our lives. It's stopping to say, here I am, Lord, you got all of my attention. Imagine with me, it's, it's, like, it's like a parent trying to share really good news with a child, like a toddler. And children are busy, right? And especially when they're, they're, you're working on something, playing or something. It's hard to get their attention. But imagine this parent has something so wonderful to say. 
a story that changes everything. And yet the child never looks up from playing with whatever they're playing with, fidgeting with their clothes. That's our issue as parents. Never looks up from playing in the dirt. Parents in the room, you know that feeling. And, and you want to say, please, look at me. Look at me. Sabbath stopping is like that moment when we, the children of God, make eye contact with Him long enough. We lift our eyes up and make eye contact long enough to hear the good story that our our, our daddy's got for us. It's where we listen long enough to hear the story that changes everything. We have a future that changes everything here and now. Psalm 92 says in verse 6, senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, you are forever exalted. Though things might seem like they are broken in our world, like everything is backwards and falling apart, when we Sabbath rest, when we stop, we are able to anticipate, preach over ourselves and recognize our future is in Him and that He is the one who reigns forever. And this is what we do when we open God's Word together when we gather on Sundays. Yes, there's remembering that happens when we read, read God's Word. Yes, there is a reflection of what God is saying to us currently. But when we open God's Word, when we hear the story and news, it changes the way we look at our future. It gives us hope, bright hope as we walk out the door. And it's a hope that is sure because it's in Christ Jesus. We have a God who speaks into our hearts and we Sabbath stop and listen and delight and we expect Him to speak. And we take the moment to listen and hear His voice. The movement of His Holy Spirit. And when we preach these sermons, we do so anticipating that God will speak into our hearts His eternal Word. Talk about delighting in God, right? We Sabbath stop to delight in God's love for us. So what do we do with all this? Let's finish this thing up. What happens when we stop on the Sabbath? Because this sounds like a lot of answers, right? Like remember, recreate, recreate, what is it? Anticipate. And all of this just boils down into one picture in Scripture. And it's delight. It is delight. It is fullness of joy found in Jesus. God calls us and invites us in Sabbath rest that we might delight in His love. But what do we do with all this? Because a really strange thing happens whenever I hear Sabbath. There are two sort of extremes that I go back and forth between. And the one is I turn into like the Pharisees and I totally miss Jesus. I miss God in it all. And it becomes a set of rules that are piled one upon another and we become legalist about it. We pile rule upon rule about what we can and can't do in order to celebrate uh, a Sabbath. A Sabbath rest. And then when we're tired of that, we go back completely in the opposite direction 
We push to the very minimum and think about what's, what's the least that we can do. We look for loopholes or shortcuts or justifications and say, that's not really work, or I really need to do this today. I really need to do that middle of spending time in silence and prayer. I really need to open my email. And we look for justifications. But the biblical call to Sabbath rest is so much more than just not working one day a week. And it's so much more than just an hour on a Sunday morning. It's a way of life that rests in trust and devotion to delighting in God in everything, including our Sunday worship. In fact, if you're looking for a place to start, you say, I don't know what to do with this Sabbath rest thing we've been talking about. Where do I even start? You're in the right place. And I hope that's the image you've got this morning. This is a great place to start. But what draws you into the light in God's love? The light in Jesus. Is it stopping to remember? Recalling God's works and His faithfulness, His blessings through sitting quietly and journaling. I love that this opportunity has come on up for Suze to help lead us. And if you haven't participated in something alongside of Suze before, like you're missing out. She's amazing. She's wonderful. And she's, help, she's so helpful for me personally in this way of being able to see and recognize what God's doing. So I encourage you to think about that. And this can happen in a retreat in a mountain cabin. Or this can happen on the morning train. This can happen as we walk to the front of the sanctuary for our tithes and offerings. What draws you into the light in God's love? Is it in recreating, recreating? Is it in making music? Playing the piano, painting a picture, not to accomplish anything, but just because God has freed you to be able to delight in His creativity. This may not be the most effective usage of your time. But this has actually all been about not being the most effective usage of your time. It's about being freed. Freed by Jesus to be with Him. What draws you into the light in God's love? Is it in anticipating? Is it in listening to hear Him speak His Word into your life? To speak into the stillness? or in rehearsing heaven, hearing God's Word preached, the promises and assurance preached over your life. Or perhaps it's in all three. This is what we gather together to do when we gather together as His people here for Sunday morning, Sabbath, the Lord's Day worship, whatever you want to call it, whether in songs or in the offering, in the Sunday school, in fellowship, in the sermon or in the communion we're about to participate in together, the meal we'll participate in together, we seek to delight in our good God, in His love. When will you delight in God's love this week? When will you do it? I want you to honestly ask yourself that. When will you do this this week? Sunday is a great day. You're in a good spot. But so is Monday morning. And so is Friday night. Yes, it can happen all the time. But like a tithe is to show that when we give a piece of our finances to God, it reflects that all of our finances belong to Him. So we also need to give an actual piece of our time and an actual Sabbath 
and an actual stop and rest to reflect that all of our time belongs to Him. When we stop to Sabbath rest intentionally, making a plan to stop, it opens the door for every other moment to be changed. So when will you stop and delight in God this week? Make a plan. Invite your kids into it. If you have children, invite your kids to think about how they want to delight in God this week. Ask them, what, what does being outside and seeing the trees, what does that make you think about God? What do you see about God as you look at the night sky? Those are great questions. And invite your kids to think through that. Make sure your spouse has time to do this to delight. Or call a friend. Ask them, what draws you into delight in God? When will you do it this week? We Sabbath rest to delight in God's love for us. And this is the second piece of rest. Last week we talked about stopping to let go in order to give up all of the lies that we are God. And that's the first piece of Sabbath rest. To let go, let go, and there's such freedom there. But this is the second piece. What will you pick up? What happens when we stop? When we Sabbath rest, we get to delight in God's love. And I hope it's become clear that rest is so much more than just vegging out in front of the TV at the end of the day. It is so much more than that. Sleep is an incredible gift on Sabbath, on Sabbath rest. But there's so much more than just that as well. This is the full equation of how God set up our days from Genesis to Revelation. In our work, in our rest, in it all. Everything is about being with Him. And we don't need to be legalists about this, but we also can't say, what's the bare minimum I need to do? You know, Sabbath rest is an obligation and an opportunity. It's a command and a gift. So don't miss what the bush fields are doing right now. Don't miss it and think, it's, isn't that nice for them? This is a gift to our church. This is such a gift to our church. It's an opportunity for us to receive the gift that God gave in Genesis 2 that is so fully promised in Hebrews 3 and 4 that Psalm 92 paints so beautifully. Hear the gift anew and also walk obediently in response to this call. May you be reminded that we were made to work with God. May we stop to remember how much we need Him. And when we stop, may you delight in God's love for us. That's a picture of Sabbath rest. Can you pray with me? God, your love for us is so clear. It is ever before us in your creation and the specific ways in which you have so richly blessed us. But it's never been more clear than in Jesus Christ. The gift that you have given us of grace, so undeserved. God, you are good, and your love for us is assured. 
It is constant and it is faithful. And God, we stop this morning to remember that. To be in awe of You. To delight in You, God. Help us this week, Lord. Give us a consciousness and an attention to You this week that we might delight in You. Give us places Help us make places and margins to meet with You, Lord. God, You are so worthy of our praise. You're so worthy of all of us, every bit of our lives. And in that, we find our fullness of joy. Fullest fullness of joy. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise You. We love You. May we delight in You this week. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.